Welcome and congratulations, Discologist fans. You have once again made it through the year. It's done, over, finished. There's nothing more to talk about. And yet, Eduardo and Kevin somehow managed to keep talking for two whole hours. I have been told that it is, quote, quality content, end quote, but that shall have to be decided by you, dear listener. So relax, perhaps find a cold beverage and get ready to hear about the music they didn't cover this year, thoughts on the music industry, lists of Eduardo and Kevin's favorite albums for those of you who are into that sort of thing, and much, much, well, actually, there isn't any more. That's the show. All of it. Got it? Good. Your journey begins now. Yeah. What uh, what are these what are these fine people cheering for? Um spoiler, they're not people. Oh shit. We told yeah. them to? We've been making them do this? I haven't really it's it's hard. It's hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh no, they're they're probably happy that uh we have made one more trip around the sun, I think. Uh twenty twenty three is at an end. If you tuned in last week, you heard our last review uh, of the year, Elizabeth Moen. Uh, so now we get into like, I don't know about for you, but this is kind of the fun part of the year for me because there's a lot of this. It's it's just work, right? It's, it's just yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you listen to a lot of shit and then uh, you figure out how to talk about it. You know, I often find that during during the year um with new releases um with most of them i'm really just doing like a smell test to sort of say do i want this to go into my sort you know like is this something i want to revisit come the end of the year to figure out how it how i think it ranks compared compared to other things right so yeah uh so it's almost like you know you spend most of the year collecting and then these last few months you get to sort of chew and digest yeah just, uh, and I guess to finish that, great, uh, to finish that metaphor out, then we shut something out. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, no, that's a good way of looking at it because there, there is a lot of, uh, you know, every, every year that we do this, there's a lot of you, like you said, you, you kind of like do a smell test on it. And then you, especially some, some stuff we even talk about and this happens and you think about it one way, but then you go back and spend a little more time with it uh, and, or in a different context and you're like, oh, oh. Oh wait a minute! Yeah, wait. This is this is very much and uh, yeah, I've certainly had albums that uh, we either didn't cover or didn't like. Uh, that you know, I get into the, like January, February of the following year, and I'm like, wait, yeah. this is fucking, this is great, this is fantastic. I don't know if that happened this year. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah, there were there were a few things that I revisited. So so you know, I usually do a smart playlist in Apple Music, right? And it uh-huh, just okay. anything that's anything where the year is 2023 gets added. Um, and it's, yeah, so, so, uh, this year in particular, um, like, like there's a way in which that's kind of imprecise, right? So for example, a reissue or a remaster that came out in 2023 is going to show up on there, even though it's not a 2023 release, same with live recordings. Right. Right. And I will say that this year, listening back to my 2023 playlist, there were a lot of things that were really not 2023 things that came out in 2023. So I'm looking at I'm looking at Taylor Swift's re-recordings. Uh-huh. I'm looking at you know live recordings of like Pavement in Brooklyn. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but there was also, you know, there's also a fair amount of like Dylan stuff that came out in 2023. So it seems like a lot of the, the, there were a lot of 2023 releases that were not actually 2023 albums. The Tim remaster shows up in there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and in a way like that's true. Like that's, that's sort of, that is, that is the year 2023, but it, it, it was striking to me how much of the music in that playlist was actually not 2023 music. I don't know that that usually happens. I, I don't know. I think we'll get into that as to why that maybe happened. But I I don't I don't keep a playlist, but I had a very similar experience beyond beyond my like, you know, uh, propensity for like sending you say like a playlist of the top hundred hits of nineteen eighty three. I think you I know, got the which eighty one playlist this year, which got some was it eighty one or eighty four? I think it was eighty three. Okay, we'll find out when you're here. Yeah, <laughs> like do you recognize all these songs? It has, um, it has it has soundtracked a few dinner making sessions. I can yeah tell yeah you. Yeah, it's, yeah it's good stuff. So so that all like sort of uh, pollutes my my stream. So I can't really <laughs> tell, and it's hard to go back and look through and see what it is. But uh, so I actually spent a little time going back and looking at albums that I bought. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know if we mentioned this, but starting at the beginning of the year, I went on a little bit of album diet. I uh, I pruned my collection by about twenty five to thirty percent, which is a lot of records. Yeah. It's a lot of records. Um, and uh, and then really focused on like how much and what ways I was going to listen to something going forward. So some of the records that we talked about, I definitely bought, like Lonnie Holly's, for example. Mm-hmm. That, that's a no-brainer. That, that's like uh, it's a, it's a piece of literature that you have on your bookshelf, you know. And um, But then some stuff I just didn't. But then some stuff I was like, this will be good in the basement if – I've had like half a gummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just like, um, this year has also been a lot about that, about like state dependent learning. And I don't just mean like altered states, like induced by chemicals. I mean, just like taking time out and, and figuring out like where you listen to stuff, how you listen to stuff, how you don't listen to stuff. Uh, you know, it's common for us to just plop in our AirPods and walk around, take a walk. Uh, and, and I do that a lot, and that's how I listen to new albums a lot. But also, you know, I, I live right off Lake Michigan, and you're really missing out if you don't go down there with open ears. Yeah. Um. And 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 that's every city, but mine just happens to be a giant lake that looks like an ocean. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I I find myself doing less of the walking and listening in part because it turns out I do want to hear the sounds of what's going on around me. I want to hear the yeah. life around me and not. Uh, yeah not sort yeah. of squeeze it out and soundtrack it uh yeah yeah and to that end it, i think music can be like the life around you yes yes absolutely absolutely i will say you know on that on that state dependent note too i think i listened to more cds in 2023 than i have in oh, in most recent years and and that's sort of a combination of uh you know there's a lot of grateful dead stuff that only gets released on cd that doesn't see a digital release okay um i you know when i'm working during the day i find that uh having a record on is sort of distracting because i have to i don't do like what is it with like the pomodoro technique where you take a break every 20 minutes or whatever yeah. right if you have to flip a record over you're doing that anyway <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of annoying it's kind of annoying so it's nice to be able to put a cd on and know that for the next you know 77 minutes uh i won't have to attend to something so I- I've yeah. thought about that lately. Uh, yeah. I don't have a CD player. Um, I still have uh, a bunch of CDs. Famously, I gave away about 1,500 to the Goodwill in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, somebody should go by there and see how many of those are still there. I'll check it out. 
yeah. I'll, I'll pick up. I'll pick up all the Jamiroquai. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, but yeah, as far as just like the way we listen to stuff and 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 that record flip, you know, it has started to get a little distracting. Yeah, but at the same at the same time, I don't I don't like those expanded versions for exactly that reason. Because I'm like I, especially if I know the album, I know where the album yeah. ends, and then all of a sudden, here's the demo, well, here's the live version, here's the single. I don't know the single version really. Yeah, yeah. I also really don't like um, this this thing of like it happens a lot with hip hop records where they will get pressed to vinyl and they will get uh, mastered at forty five. Um, oh, yeah. and so it, it's just really like it's already too often to have to get up every you know. 22 minutes when you're doing that every 15 minutes it's really really does not feel like a a good listening session uh, uh i've been doing a lot of research on mixing uh as i'm mixing a record and uh and i mix this and a bunch of other stuff but uh one of the best things i've heard words of advice for listening habits for as far as that goes is you know you can spend tens of thousands of dollars on a stereo system you have 45 rpm records uh, but the reality is, is that a lot of that stuff is mixed on like $500 speakers. Yeah. And so when you're doing that, you are actually might reveal stuff that the mix engineer and the mastering engineer didn't hear didn't, and nobody intended for you to hear that. Mm. Uh, it's, it's something to think about. I, uh, I think about like I have, uh, it's the holiday season. So what better time to put on, uh, Peter Gabriel's Passion of the Christ soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but I have a 45 RPM version of it and and it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Cuz it, it I mean it's both versions sound good but you have to flip it after two songs. Yeah, it's 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 two songs per side basically. Yeah, and there's no there's no chance of immersion. But that it's later yeah. for shop talk as far as the commercialism goes. Uh you know, we we talked about a bunch of albums. I put a list up on the social media. I think it ended up being like 18 or 19 uh about 25 additional artists outside of that uh there's stuff that we didn't talk about though uh that we want to play a few tracks for you now uh these are tracks we heard this is not in the spirit of how we usually do things where we don't know the tracks i do just want to name a few albums and you're going to hear some of these later about some of these um that i think really um in an alternate timeline we maybe would have uh covered this and i want to get your take on this Eduardo too uh, Beauty is Enough by Ambrose uh, Kamuzare. Yeah, uh, yeah is, that's a good one. Am amazing. I I'm going to be talking about that a little later. Uh, fly or Die, Fly or Die, Fly or Die, World War, Jamie Ranch. I mean, that that's just ubiquitous. If that's not at the top of everyone's year end, this is what you give to people. Um, <clears throat> you're operating on a different wavelength than us, or maybe we want to be. Um, did you hear the Rainbow Revisited album? Tenenio Tuli and Carlos Nino? I did not. I did not. It's fantastic. Um, Came out the same day as the Andre 3000. Yeah, you mentioned that, and I've, I've been meaning to get to it. I just haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, there was the uh, Live and Loud, MJ Lenderman in the Wind. Uh, interesting stuff. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. He's a, he's a really good songwriter. Uh, so is Carly from Wednesday. Uh, they are in Wednesday together. Uh, there's a... Is it confusing that there's MJ Lenderman and S.G. Goodman? Not to me. Is it to <laughs> okay. you? It will. It will be to some people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but people don't know. Usually in the past, the, we've done these these things in, in our basement, 
and uh, we get shit canned. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've been you've been like anticipating. I, I'm drinking a nice beverage from uh, Third Space here in Milwaukee, the Upward Spiral. It's an India Pale Ale. Nice. Maybe when you're in town, we'll go there. It's a nice, nice little brewery. That sounds great. But uh, no, it's it's interesting to hear stuff like that and how people react to it uh, because it is, to my ears, a rehash of like Drive By Truckers, and I don't mean that in a bad yeah. way. Rehash isn't a bad word, but it, you know it has been done before. Uh, and it's it's good, uh, but I hear it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is just <laughs> yeah. triggers. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that record, the Lenderman record, I I I think is 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 really it's an enjoyable thing. I think yeah. it's a it's a perfectly uh good record. I I saw I saw S G Goodman opening for Jason Isbell in uh at the Ryman, um, and I don't have any Goodman to talk about today, but like that's that's a songwriter that I'm definitely that I think will probably find a way to to do things in that vein that won't feel like rehash. Yeah. Yeah. Um there was the uh reflector, Daniel Donato. Do you, are you hip to that guy? Yeah, that's uh I I uh I I need to spend more time with it. I need to spend more time with it. Don, uh, Donato is getting a lot of Donato. uh I was just at um you know, I was at Neil Francis last night. A lot of Donato oh, fans yeah. in the house. I saw Joe yep. Russo's almost dead a few weeks ago. A lot of Donato yep. talk there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he like pops in uh, to play with Goose <laughs> during Goosemas right now. <laughs> I would not be surprised at that at all. Yeah, yeah that that seems about where. You know, I, I know people like to like not try to lump him in with jam bands. He he came out of the gate. Marketing his cosmic country. Uh, Reflector is a bunch of Trey songs. If they were good, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and people who know know. Like <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. Uh, there, it's a fun record, but it's not. It's not. It's not very sticky, but it is is yeah. is a pretty fun record. Um, the another Carlos Nino. I'm just chilling on fire. Uh, that one yes. had Andre three thousand on it. Yes. Um, could cannot. I mean, and and that one was more much more like Rainbow Revisited. Like, how do you talk about that? Yeah. You know. Uh. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Yeah. It's Although, just you put it on. It, and you're like, yeah. You know, um, and uh, the the guy he did Chicago Waves with, uh, and I always Miguel Atwood Ferguson. Yeah, he has a, a album out that it's like it's it's basically a quadruple album. Oh shit! It's spread out over four discs. It's beautiful, but it is something that uh, it just came out recently. I think maybe two weeks ago, and uh, I'll, I'll have the name in the show notes because we're going to list all these things. But it, it just it's a beautiful record, but you have to take it in chunks. And again, it's the type of thing like how do you talk about that? Yeah. It's like four hours of music, and, and it's taken the the West Coast All Stars, Kamasi Washington playbook, you know, and it's making this this epic experience, wow. uh, and uh, and it truly is. Uh, did you the Bex Birch album was pretty good? I like that. Um, yeah, I need to spend more time with that one too. Yeah. Um, and then there was the uh, this. I don't even know if I put this in front of you yet. Colin Stetson came out with an album this year. I did not know this. When you... when we were that what wept for the sea, I had no idea. I, I don't know how. I mean, if anybody knows, not only do I love Colin Stetson, I'm ripping him off a lot on this album. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, and after um, hearing this, I was like, fuck, I really am. Like, Yeah, I don't know how that release uh, snuck past me. I also forgot there was like a new Islands record this year. Doesn't seem yeah. to have gotten a lot of attention, but it's, a, it's an Islands record. It's fine. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... 
So th- those are some of the bigger ones I think that we would have talked about. I, I want to circle back to now the, to the uh, Akun Missouri, or yeah. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Beauty is enough. This was one that uh, I I think I considered, and I didn't know if you'd listen to it or not. Um, he is a trumpet player from Oakland, California, and he uh, he grew up there. Uh, went to school at Berkeley, then went to school in the uh, East Coast, then went back. Uh, I I really he came to my attention in 2020 with on the tender spot of every callous moment. I mm-hmm. and I think that was a big uh, a big one on a lot of people's lists. You know, like this guy was, yeah. you know. Up and coming. I think that was on Blue Note as well. He has been on Blue Note. This is not. Um, this is just a one man and his trumpet for 49 minutes of absolute bliss. Um, and I th- even from a design standpoint, from like the cover, it feels like it's designed for you to get lost in it to the point that the cover is just like this textured black. Hmm. You know, there's something going on, but you're sort of floating. Um, in in some nebula and just listening to this guy it's a fascinating record uh and uh it's really one of my favorite of the year but i want to play a little track from that now um so you all listening can get lost in this and uh but here is the opening track and this is the two tamer Timor uh, off of Ambrose Akimisiris, uh Beauty is Enough. And 
you know, that's the type of stuff that I, we don't hear enough of that. That's pure. It's a, a glimpse into that guy's soul. I think. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it had me thinking a little bit of like, um, the sort of classic era of Wyndham Hill, uh, new age music, um, which I really, you know, so like George Winston, that kind of stuff. And I really, you know, I, I really like that stuff. I'm not sure I've heard a solo trumpet record before. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now, like, do I know any records that are just like a solo, you know, solo brass instrument? I'm not sure I do. Right. That's wild. It's it's the type of thing I think when you like musicians will just sort of dick around and you know, come up with melodies and you're just you're jamming with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um. And somehow he made this into an entire record. I mean, the entire record is is exactly like that. Wow. Um. By the end of it, you feel simultaneously exhausted and rejuvenated. Uh. And uh, it it'll uh, it'll bring you a real uh, sense of peace. At least it did me. Yeah. Wow. No, what a great, um, I need to, I I really do need to go listen to that. Uh, it's funny. I don't think I've seen that album showing up on a lot of jazz year end lists, which is probably because it's just a trumpet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I I don't, I guess people aren't ready for it. And, and, and the stuff I have seen on, like, I think I just read Slate's jazz, uh, top five or whatever. And I did not, it was not my top. That was not my top five is what I'll say. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about lists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) In a bit. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to shift directions here. One thing that, uh, I wish we had covered that I've been enjoying a whole lot. Uh, and it's this band North Americans, right? Mm-hmm. You know, him, I know him. we've, but I think we both listened to the album a lot. I don't even know yeah. why we, we never talked about it almost because it was too obvious. Uh, this, this project of, uh, Los Angeles guitarist, Patrick McDermott and Barry Walker is from Portland. He's on on pedal steel. Um, this is just acoustic guitar and pedal steel. There's a little organ stuff. There's like a lo-fi feel to it. Uh, in the past, they've collaborated with Mary Lattimore, William Tyler. Um, and, uh, this is the, this is completely stripped back. I know, you know, this record, how, 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 yeah. Do you know, do you think people, other people know this record? I, I, you know, I don't, I'll tell you how it, how it came onto my radar was through a David Berman, uh, Facebook group. There's like a group of people who like, like Ryan is in it from Hallelujah the Hills and a few others. Um, and it's, it's, it's people who were friends with David and, and musicians who played with him and all that. And someone posted this at, because of the William Tyler connection, right? He was in Silver Jews. Um, and they posted, I think, this exact track uh, because the thinking was that uh, it has classic water has to be a reference to the Silver Jews' 1998 record, American Water, uh, from a band called the North American, right? Like North American's classic water. It just looks like you're looking at Silver Jews' American Water when you say that. But yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, that, that's exactly uh, how it came into my worldview. And of course, I sent it to you and I was like, this is pretty dope. And you were like, yeah, I know. I've been listening. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's a little bit of classic water off of uh, their album that came out this year, Long Cool World.
classic water. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, and I say this about a lot of stuff, but I feel Ry Cooter's work in like 80s soundtracks specifically has had a bigger influence than I think people realize so far. Specifically, there's a thing he did for a movie called Johnny Handsome. And it, and it's a mix of Roadhouse Blues and this kind of like very small but seems like expansive mm-hmm. sound that is simple, yeah. um, but just sort of sort of begs the emotions out of you. You know, it feel, feels a little yearning. It does. It does. Um, yeah, it's it's really evocative. Um, I I see that I like that sort of cinematic you know soundtrack comp because I really do think that that's that's how this album scans for me is just it's very much a like uh you know a record to imagine yourself listening to while you stare out of a bus window uh having having packed your shit overnight or something right and you don't know right. what's ahead and and this is this is what's playing right it was very much like the Moen record in that in that sense where like you really get a sense of imagery. Yeah. Uh, that that it brings to mind like you can live in this world you know what's the, what's the line from the Alcaville maybe like life isn't a movie or something or yeah something our life like isn't yeah. a movie or maybe yeah 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 and and uh if it is this is like a soundtrack like yeah yeah <laughs> this immediately resonates so so those are two oh, things that I yeah. I feel like we really we didn't sleep on but like there is going to be for different reasons would have been hard to talk about um what do you got yeah so i've got um uh so this is a record that i think you and i uh might have chatted about in passing i think part of the reason we didn't talk about this next band uh is because they didn't really have a a a proper release in in 2023 this was an ep that came out um and uh the band is surprise chef uh they are and they're like an australian funk band but you know funk probably closer to like you know not like they don't have a brass section it's 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 you know guitar uh keys vibes uh bass and drums and um it's it might be a little you know i i I, so our friend andre uh Mm -hmm. took me to see these guys in in baltimore Uh, last like april or may and this is is yeah. That was just a remarkable, <laughs> remarkable live show. It was a tiny little, and, 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 you know, I think I've, I'm partly putting them on here for us to talk about because I feel like by next year, they could sort of be on the Kruangbin uh, escalator where they suddenly get like algorithmed and put out there and they sort of, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, go very quickly from being uh, an unassuming small little instrumental band to something much bigger. I think they have that kind of, that, that pop instinct in there. So this is uh, this is the opening track off of their uh, their friends EP. Um, it's called Rosemary Hempel.
right, those were the dulcet tones of uh, Rosemary Hemphill by uh, by Surprise Chef. Um, Kevin, are you like, is there like a shag rug that materialized over there now? Or <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> uh, I proposed a shag rug for the basement and got denied that, even though mm. it was going to be in the basement. Um, the reason was cats, but we know that's not the reason. Yeah, no, that's I, th- no. I think you need to like put on Surprise Chef and then try that argument again and see if it goes over. So I'm moving in with you is what you're saying. <laughs> like I'm getting okay. kicked out of the house. No, uh yeah, that that is you said they're from Australia. Yes. Uh that is that yeah, that's just that's a classic um like vibey psychedelia. Yeah. You know, it, and and it's just it's yeah, the Krungeman comp is I think pretty pretty strong there. Uh, if people just want to go and like groove out for a little bit and then, uh, do you know where they played in Baltimore? Was it the eight by 10? It was the eight by 10. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I can, I can see, yeah, I can see this in bigger rooms. I, I think it just depends on somebody brave enough to be like, look, everybody in here is going to be tripping their face off. Yeah. I think though, I think they're probably like one opening slot away from, or maybe like one festival set away from, uh, getting, a lot of attention. I don't know if that'll come from. A Have they of, opened for Giz? Well, that's that would be that would be a really natural fit, right? Um, mm-hmm. They are not. Oh, you know who was opening for King Gizzard is uh, Geese, the band we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Goose, <laughs> not Goose, not yeah, Goose. Most Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that was Surprise Chef. That's a band that I'm 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 nice. I'm I'm partly calling them out because I'm I'm sort of curious to hear what comes next. It. Uh, we would have had a hard time covering that because yeah. it would just been like it would be like whoa, this is nice. Yeah. It's like what else is do we there, have to say about it? Because because I haven't listened to it, is there a track deeper in that that is like kind of reveals some like supreme mastery, or is it just all that? It's pretty much that. It's pretty much that. Right. It's very much like a cocktail hour, almost exotica lounge kind of. But uh, can wizards be involved? We could we could bring him in. We could bring him in. I think it'd have to be like a sexy wizard, though, right? Is that, yeah, is it, like is it, okay. or like a mid-century modern wizard. If we can figure that out, then I think oh, okay. <laughs> I think we've got okay, yeah, 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 tiki yeah. tiki bar wizard. Uh, new new genre, sexy wizard. <laughs> all right. So um, my other track here, and I'm just realizing now that I have like an all all Aussie track selection here uh, nice. because uh, the next one is the. Last track off of Alex Leahy's The Answer Is Always Yes. Um, this album got a decent amount of attention, I think, early in the year when it when it came out. It was sort of uh, clearly, uh, there was, I think, a lot of critical consensus around it. That might have been why we shied away from it. I also sort of mm-hmm. don't really know how to assess these things when they come out, and I wanted to give it some time. I saw her on this tour, um, and the show was really nice, and... Uh, revisiting the album uh over the last month or so really reminded me that i think i think i think this album really i think it i think it hit the mark um so this is the last track off of alex Leahy's the answer is always yes backseat of hybrid trying to get some extra mileage there's a podcast on the radio who killed who will never know Sucking on a thumb drive so I don't get too excited But if I'm gonna die here, well at least the engine's quiet It's a long wait of trying to be seen 
That was The Answer Is Always Yes by Alex Leahy. That's the last track, uh, title track. And um, I think it's important to point out that at this show uh, for the encore, which wasn't really an encore, I've noticed this when I go to see Australian bands, they always do this weird thing where they like acknowledge that encores are artificial and uh-huh. uh, they do this awkward like, oh, I'm not going to leave the stage. This is the last song. Anyway, uh, she said uh, she was going to play the Australian national anthem for us, and um, she launched into uh, "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia, <laughs> 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 which is which is actually kind of the perfect vibe for the record. Uh, and and you know, remembering that and hearing hearing this song uh, really really uh, uh, just puts me back in a happy place of unexpectedly being treated to. A whole crowd of people singing along to Torn, which is a song that we all love and will sing along to if given the chance to, but we rarely get Hell the chance yeah. to. Yeah. Hell yeah. You, you know, that the, it almost lost me. I, that, that's one that I hadn't heard. You know, I, I said up yeah. front, like, this was stuff that we had heard, but we didn't have. That's one that I hadn't heard. So that's a good surprise there. Uh, you know, when you open any song talking about, well, if you use the word podcast in a song, like, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but then by the end, when, it, you know, it kicks up and stuff. I I found myself feeling like which season finale, which season of the OC was this used in, in Mm -hmm. the season finale. Um, And it's wild to think that that was like 20 years ago that show existed, right? And how much of an influence all the bands going into that show have on the modern like pop indie landscape now. Absolutely. Like we, we're going to talk about that too, because that really hasn't changed. Yeah. And it's, and you know what, it's not just, I mean, I had this, I had this thought at the Neil Francis show yesterday, which is that like, like most of Neil Francis's career could take place in the lane opened up by, uh, 
by by the song Roscoe by Midlake. <laughs> right? <laughs> like that's just the like <laughs> like Roscoe sort of built the room and Neil Francis can live his entire career in the in that lane, right? I need to see Neil Francis again because uh, that's not that's not <laughs> something I would ever say about Neil Francis, but uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that, that's some stuff that we we didn't uh, quite get to that we really really enjoyed. I, I'm going to check out both of those that I hadn't heard. Um, that's good. Now now it's time to take a, take a little turn out of the music and talk about the music biz. Uh, a lot of things happened this year, I think, and a lot of things didn't happen this year. Um, you know, we've got the obvious like Spotify, Bandcamp, touring. Uh, tickets, whatever. Where, where, where do you want to start here? Why hasn't Taylor Swift fixed all of this? So we're starting starting with Taylor. <laughs> that's fine. No, no. no, that's fine. No, that, uh, you know, that's that's a good question. Um, and Taylor Swift just announced she has the most money making tour in history. Yeah, a one billion dollar tour. When she came to your town. Altered the economy. Yeah, it did. How much money that went into it. But not only that, she did a lot of good because she also like paid people in there. Like a lot of money went to charities in these places, paid the crew. Like, so I forget what the number was, but it was like a hundred thousand dollar bonuses. Yeah. Like life, life changing shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so I, I don't think anybody out there who's like what like why isn't taylor swift commenting on gaza <laughs> yes you know Apparently she you know man with one instagram post she could solve all of it so yeah whether or not that's true uh <laughs> none of us have that responsibility uh unless we're in unless we're work for the state right in government um so uh and and trust me when i say you don't want that you, you don't want you, <laughs> yeah. you don't want people um well, we had that. We had the celebrity president, and uh, see how that turned out. Right. You know, the thing with Taylor is, um, she had so she was Times Person of the Year, which is incredibly lazy on Times part, uh, because they didn't really touch on any of this stuff. Uh, it's just a narrative of 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 her as a celebrity, uh, and a lot of people have pointed out in that story. I don't know if you read it. I mean, I, I did, I'm sure yeah. you read it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, did you get it framed? Did you print it out? <laughs> no, I did not. I thought it was notable. You know what? I think, and, and, and I wonder if this is what you're going to say. Like, I thought it was notable how even the account that time presented was clearly so well curated by Taylor and her yeah. team, you know, like, like there's yeah. not, there's, there's like never a second of like unscripted camera time or unapproved narrative peddling that happens around yeah. Taylor. So it, it, it was... Uh, you know, maybe maybe the final nail in the coffin of like what's been like a year where I think even people who really like Taylor Swift might have had enough of her. I don't know that to be true, um, but uh, judging from the people who tried to criticize that article and uh, and actually, yeah, I think that that sums up 23, though, in, in a nutshell, is that we've reached a point in the music industry um, where I, I don't know how much the general media sphere is talking about actual art anymore. Um, Andre 3000 just released a very mediocre album and people are like, it's game changing. Like, it's not. Um, we, we are addicted to success uh, and uh, Taylor is the most successful person. And, and look, we can't, there's no way to buck that out of people. Yeah. You, you do it. I do it. Everybody does. It. Everybody listening does it. Like you see somebody, they're successful. I'm like, well, it must be for a reason. 
<laughs> and that reason must be good. And and right. so, but with but with Taylor, it's interesting that she's just worked so hard and so long, and she has worked hard uh, at what she does. That this was the goal. That this is the real achievement. Uh, personally, like I find her as a songwriter very middling. Uh, and you know the folk. What was it? Evermore and folklore. Folklore and Evermore. Yeah. 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 Yeah, not not really not really great. Uh, I saw a comment where somebody said, "Yeah, she put a leaf on the album, and then all you music journalists could do nothing but talk about how they were folk when they were just like like second tier <laughs> yeah. the national songs." Uh, but all of that's fine. Um, but it it does exemplify like what we hold dear and what we want to lift up, and kind of what our show has been about from the beginning. More so now, and I think more so going forward, is figuring out what those real voices that aren't that are. Yeah. Uh, this is, I mean, this year was the end of Poptimism, I think. Um, again, this is just scanning the internet, and it's not a unique thought on the internet. It says, you guys started it by saying, what if ABBA is good, and then now just everything is good. But here's the thing. ABBA yeah. really was good. Right. Right. You be right. you being you being forty years removed from it, and you're like trying to like recognize your sense of irony or reckon your sense of irony with liking something that was wildly successful for a reason <laughs> when it was out is not is not a thing. So I it's it's a it's just a it's become such a wild and weird space. Uh, so predicting how to succeed, uh, I think is impossible. Except except yeah. emulating Taylor. Well, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be the unfortunate takeaway, uh, for a lot of people. I do think that, you know, there's, there's a lot, you know, my own, as someone who, who, who generally is, you know, who generally enjoys Taylor Swift's music mm -hmm. and who sort of puts up with some of the parasocial, you know, shenanigans that go on. Uh, I'm a little, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like good with moving on. I'm like, not, I'm like, I'm like ready for some other, to hear about some other stuff. Um, and, uh, I'm, 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 I just can't help but feel a little bit like it, it, the fact that 2023 as a whole did not feel like a year where a lot of, you know, I didn't see a lot of work that inspired me. I didn't see a lot of like great yeah. music coming out that, that really made me like excited to sort of continue to look forward. And you and I, I think are both people who try to stay like more focused on like what's happening now, what's coming next than we are, you know, we're not like particularly nostalgia driven people. Mm -mm. Um, and this year was hard. And I think Taylor Swift sucked up a lot of bandwidth at the top and there just wasn't really, you know, so it was like, I, I guess if you weren't focused on Taylor Swift, you were focused on boy genius, right? Those are the sort of the two, or maybe a lot of, you know, yeah. both of those, yeah. right? There's yeah. probably a lot of people for whom those two are like, <laughs> Uh, just a never-ending source of of content. Um, yeah, th that's it of content. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and uh, as an artist, that does feel gross. But also, look, this is the business. Mm -hmm. It's it's full of content. I'm yeah. sorry that it just really is full of content. If I write a song that just use the old like you sold out Wilco like Volkswagen uses. That's mm -hmm. content now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, that, that's just, right. that's just content. 
you know, I'm thinking too, um, I want to sort of circle back to the Andre 3000 point because I, 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 I think there's something, I think it was also, uh, and Philip mentioned this when, when the three of us were texting the other day that uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, hip hop is sort of going through a little bit, you know, it's, it's uh, this, this should be a good year for a victory lap for hip hop, right? It, it, it's turning 50. It's this, it's celebrated as like one of America's, you know, greatest new art forms. And, and rightly recognized as such. And, and yet, um, you know, there was a lot of, of effort to portray both the Andre 3000 record and the Lil Yachty record as like very important, uh, defining yeah, yeah, moments yeah. for hip hop. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I, I mentioned on the, on the mid-year episode that I wanted to spend more time with the Lil Yachty record, uh, the second half of this year. And I, I did. And it, you know, I think it's okay. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like the the remarkable step forward or the remarkable departure that that the media, uh, the you know, the music press uh, had me believing it would be. And so, I wonder how much of 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 that, like, you know, over praise, over hype for those records has to do with the state of hip hop for Andre Three Thousand and for Lil Yachty. It's just that there isn't much else going on. I have what what it is. It's probably going to be a controversial take on this, and that I think, uh, but but I think just about any genre. I think there are like boundaries. Um, so, for example, I don't I don't really plug into the Arm and Hammer thing, the Billy Woods thing. Yeah, uh, I, I I get that I have a million emails in my inbox from their PR reps. Yeah, uh, and Quelly Chris, same thing, and I get yep. that they're doing a vital thing, but I don't. You know, it, the the Quelly Chris stuff is very niche hip-hop it's very in, it's interesting art um but it also is very much like this doesn't stick so i'm going to do something else i'm going to move on so hip-hop has been historically over the past at least like 10 or 20 years more geared towards pop the way like yeah. pop country is yeah you know that and that's well that's what dominates the charts i mean that and that's certainly what like milwaukee hip-hop uh, are trying to emulate Atlanta hip hop, which is it, you know it's its own thing. But the whole point is to generate money, not necessarily the '80s like socially conscious hip hop, right, uh, right? Or as much. It's it's not it's 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 a little out of whack there. Um. So so I don't know if things aren't aren't really happening in hip hop. I just think like everything, er- everything is just the focus has been on commodifying it, and and part of that is out of necessity. Um, we have too many artists in the ecosystem and people who aren't the artists are trying to figure out how to support, how to save their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and so this, and this is what happens then when, when you do that. Uh, so, so I, I don't know about that. Uh, I do know like my favorite hip hop of the album here is Butcher Brown, who's a jazz group. Right. Right. Uh, so, and, but they clearly would say we made a hip hop album. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's a, that's a, an example of, of an artist changing lanes. I mean, I think, I think, I think that release is, is a hip hop release, even though Butcher Brown is a jazz artist. Yeah. Along, along those lines, um, of the commodification of everything, you know, we see stuff like the, the nineties started making a big comeback in the, in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. And, and we're kind of stuck with it now, uh, and it drives me crazy. And because I didn't like a lot of that music, 
Uh, right. But that, it doesn't, like, I don't hate it, but I'm just like, eh. You know, but to hear everything over and over and over. And we've been doing the show long enough that it made me really locked in, like, how cyclical this stuff is. And so I'm taking, like, a little, like, longer view at this stuff to see. So even even me saying stuff like, oh, I think the 80s were, like, the best era ever, which I, I do hold in my heart to be true. <laughs> I don't know that that's actually true. Like, I think I could easily be disproven of that. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, I would. I'm not out to. I'm not out to disprove. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> but but my point is, from anyone, but yeah. But but the, but my point is that the '90s doing that. We we've been stuck here now for like coming up on almost ten years. Yeah. So yeah. how long are we going to do this? Well, you know, the breeders are opening for Olivia Rodrigo next summer. So yeah. you know, <laughs> I um and and uh, friend uh, our friend Michael Zwern had a really great suggestion, which is that Olivia Rodrigo should be covering. Uh, Divine Hammer by the Breeders for the next Thor movie. Oh, geez. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> like, that yeah, needs to happen. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, was like, yeah. I was like, Zwern, holy shit. That's a great idea. <laughs> that's an amazing idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Olivia Rodrigo is a great example of this is that, you know, she is, works with a very talented producer. Mm -hmm. uh, these are, but for commodification purposes, she's the front person there. Yeah. Um made a pretty decent album. Yeah. But it's nice. not, it's it's not it's not groundbreaking. Agreed. And I didn't or I, I haven't really fully engaged with years past, say in the past like just ten years since we've been doing this show, what actually has been groundbreaking, but it does it feels like there was a little more ground being broken uh up till yeah. the past two years. I could be wrong. Well, you know, I'm, I'm my, my working hypothesis and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have to look back and see, uh, you know, at the end of next year, uh, what happened, but I have a little bit of a sense that, that people had a post pandemic sort of a sophomore slump, which is to say everyone knew the record or what they wanted to do. The thing they wanted to say, like during the pandemic or coming out of the pandemic. And now that we've sort of been, you know, more or less in this liminal like uh, does the pandemic isn't really over but we've sort of moved past it um it just it just seems to me like a lot of artists didn't have uh you know if you had a great thing that you did during the pandemic or right after the pandemic the follow-up was maybe a little bit of a sophomore slump like i just i just think there was sort of it, it, people didn't have a second thing that they were going to do yeah and the industry can't allow that yeah that's right that's like, right. And I think what happens, what happens is that then people who are like doing interesting stuff get sort of swept away and are the people who are like doing like, Hey, I used to do this, but now I'm more like pop because of optimism. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just go in there. And, and you can, and now in 2023, you can say whatever you want about your album and somebody is going to regurgitate it. This is true. A lot of people are going to regurgitate it. This is true. It'll become, it'll become, uh, it'll become a talking point. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, I think, you know, you know, one thing, one thing we've, we've sort of talked about is the fact that, for example, um, you know, there was people talked about Bandcamp having like a news operation, right? Or a media operation, mm -hmm. but it was really, yeah. it was really designed to, to, to promote Bandcamp products. Right. And it, and it yes. sort of worked with, 
with interested parties to make sure that the right things got got sort of promoted and all that. And I think that's I, I don't know that there's I don't know how viable it is to like we can barely sustain an independent, you know, uh, press for like for like politics and important things. Well, right? yeah. And that, that was. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't know. You know, it's nice to have cream back. Right. Uh you know, cream is cream is like less uh, less about kicking people now, and a little bit more about like I read some pieces and I'm like, oh, this this uh, this is fun. It has that cream attitude, but I feel like uh, I feel like this. You know, I feel like they read the 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 notes they were given. Uh, you know, when they write some of those articles, and so it's a little dispiriting to see to see journalism in that in that state when it comes to music. It is, and we've seen like a ton of layoffs, obviously, and that yeah. that that sucks. Um, but if you know these publications, not these journalists, these publications are solely focused on maximizing their profits, that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I don't. I I do see a lot. This is something I, I kind of take a little issue with. A lot of people out there saying like, we just need like smaller places to like, you. You need to be more curious because there there are a thousand shows just like this, yeah, that I've never heard of, right, right, and uh, and they're out there, and again, we're we're still we're even ascribing like money to like to like, well, why would I listen to it if they don't get paid to do it? <laughs> right. Yeah, which which is. You know, yeah. I, I get it. If if you want to be a music journalist as your job, same way as you want to be a musician as your job, that's admirable. You deserve to get paid for your work. Um, but the landscape has devolved in part because of the work that a lot of people that maybe not the people who who are reporting on the the better music journalists are doing, but the people who are just getting into it. Like, yeah, I'll write a listicle. Right. You know, we, you know, it, it all like feeds into it. And, and I think that I'm going to bring that all back to Taylor Swift. It's like, we, we have so maximized like what we expect from just in movies, in, in TV, in music, in books, even everything like nothing can just be like, Oh, this was a nice, this was a nice thing. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. And, and it's frustrating because you want somebody who thinks they need, whether or not they need it or not, thinks they need like $10,000 to make a record. Like they're like, we can't make a record unless we get $10,000. And then you're like, you hear some of their stuff and they're like, oh man, they're pretty good. I bet they, I bet they would do great with $10,000, but then they don't because they get, they, they don't get that $10,000. Yeah. That's a whole other right. thing. But you know, the point is, is that we've trained musicians, artists to think that that's necessary. Um, and, and that's where yeah. we're going with it. And, but, but how do you compete against Taylor and that type of show? How do you compete against a sold out nine thirty club uh, every night of the week that has basically the same band there every night? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it would be, you know, I, I think the way to um, like it would be, I'm really interested and I really wish there were more options for non-commercial performance spaces. I'm thinking a little bit about like yeah. what, what like Gus, what Gus has in, in, in London. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And, uh, you know, when you're in a DIY kind of venue, like a house show or and not something house like shows. that. You're not talking about house shows. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, 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 would be, it would be great for there to be just, just like areas where bands can perform that don't also, uh, you know, have like a bar and a kitchen and a restaurant and an ownership group. And, you know, like it's, it's really yeah. like um, I go to shit like, like, for example, the pocket here in D.C. is a good example of that. Um, oh, yeah, which is yeah. the seven drum city. Right. So, uh, like there is a little sort of stand in the back, you can buy some booze, but it's ba like, that's a, that's an area, that's where bands practice. That's like a rehearsal area that they occasionally have yeah. shows in. It's not, it's not designed to be, uh, a concert venue. And I think, uh, the artists that I've seen playing there really like playing there. Um, you know, Comet Ping Pong is another good example of this, where it's like Perfect example, there, yeah. there, there is a venue there, and it works as a venue, but, but it wasn't. It's not the same there as like an There isn't a basement IMP. there, people. <laughs> That's right. <Asshole. laughs> There's no basement. Fucking Elon Musk. Um, yeah. So, so it would be really, it would be great if I had this thought um, again at the Neil Francis show yesterday of just like it would be great to be able to support Neil Francis and not have to give IMP some money in doing so. Right. 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 Because that was at the Atlantis. It was at the Atlantis. Where music clearly begins. Where, yeah, there was uh, no music before the Atlantis, but now that it's here. Nobody had heard of Neil Francis. I hadn't shot him twice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> before the Atlantis existed. Um, but yeah, that, that sort of leads into like the, the ticketing thing that's going on right now. There's a ticket act set before Congress. Um, and this is something that, uh, I feel feeds into what we're talking about where the mon the monoculture's here, everything's kind of flat. Um, you have to dig a little more to find good stuff. I mean, and, and I want to be clear right now with what we're saying. The the good stuff is out there. I, I won't I won't be so like pompous as to suggest that everything we covered was like the good stuff. Like that that's the yeah. only stuff. Like there's there's so much more out there. But there's also like a thing in like small DIY scenes is like you're talking about a great record, but really what you mean is like, you, you just really like these people. They're, they're your friends. Yeah. And that's right. okay too. This is all necessary. This is, you need to like, look at the bigger view of this whole industry and how you want, and how these parts lock into it. Cause those bands can play at places like Gus's and that's why those places are important. Yep. Um, access that is not a house show because it's awkward for people who aren't, who are interested in that, but aren't going to go to that. Yes. Because it's somebody's house. But, yes. uh, but, but anyway, back to the ticketing thing. Um, there isn't currently a bill or an initiative, uh, that satisfies me as to what the problem is. And the problem is, is that we allow resale for above cost, mm -hmm. like full stop. Everything else is performative, the ticket act. And I know people like future music coalition, uh, you know, they, they do really good advocacy but there's also a problem at, at some point with the advocacy speak where you don't actually engage with the problem in hopes of getting more down the road it's like it's like soft negotiation yeah and 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 that's what they seem to have been doing with this and I, i'm not really calling them out or or but but because they're not the only ones but like the idea that you are surprised that there are fees at the end of a transaction <laughs> Is insane. Yeah. yeah, I I don't and I and I don't even want to pretend to know where that comes from. But what it it, it creates this image that Congress has now stepped in and is doing something about it. They were uh, 
spurned to do it by the Taylor Swift thing where all the tickets sold out. But that wasn't the problem with the Taylor Swift thing selling out. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, there's a great, uh, your favorite band sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Mincone. Uh and he, there's a, they did a great episode. I'll put it in the show notes of it. Where I mean, this is somebody who's in the industry. Uh, his dad is David Allen Coe, uh, and and they just break it down to like, no, every artist you know knows about all of this is happening because they get it itemized at the end of every show. And yeah. they're and 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 he, and they specifically mentioned Taylor Swift. They said, yeah, maybe she doesn't personally know. But if she asks the person, the, one of her many managers that are handling this, mm-hmm. they know that's their job, mm-hmm. the job to be heavy. So what I'd like to see happen is that we have some organization come out and like kind of drop that illusion and just be like, hey, like, no, like this is this is not the problem. The real problem is this. I know our friend Rusty tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niva has been like a joke. For the mm-hmm. most part, for like major financial issues, uh, you know, advocacy is important. But if you don't really step into the issues that affect the artist's pocketbook, then then you're really just collecting money. It's another form of grift. Yeah. Um, and they still have not like called on their members to <laughs> to cut out to merch cuts. Charge, yeah. They just yeah. didn't acknowledge it. Like, it wasn't even like they engaged with it. They just did not acknowledge that, that somebody, even artists, like like you said, including like Jason Isbell, Sylvanessa, were like, mm-hmm. you should tell your members to stop doing this. Yeah. You know, why, and that is, it's all part of the business now. And and that's going to shape, that's going to shape a lot going forward, I think. And And if you're a kid listening to this, and you're like, I want to get into music. Like, that's what you have to do. You know, for years we've said, oh, it sucks to be like a business manager, a, a logistics expert to plan and stuff. But yeah, you, you gotta, if if you're not, if you're not aware of all that shit, you're, you're going to get hosed. Well, so here's, you know, g- going back to what you identified as like, you know, the root of the problem here. Um, mm-hmm. There are things that artists can do uh, and that venues can do. Um, yeah. And, and my biggest objection here is, you know, as much as it's easy to like, you know, hate on and complain about IMP and folks like that, um, it's really the middlemen uh, mm-hmm. and the ticket brokers who are right. So like, like there's a whole sort of category of like rent seekers. There, there, there are profiles of these people written in sort of like entrepreneur magazines, how to start a ticket brokering service, how to cross list across all the different platforms. And, um, and it's an entirely speculative thing. And what those people are doing is they are, they are making money off of the backs of people who love art. And, uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's like, people who want to sort of, you know, resell Taylor Swift tickets or whatever for a huge profit. I'm like, you, you really want to make like a grand on the back of like a 13 year old girl who really wants to go see her favorite artist. Like that's how you're going to feel good about this. Real quick though. The, I I'd say what has happened though, is it's been going on so long. It's conditioned fans to want that. Yes. The DC, the DC specifically ticket industry is, and this is probably the same in every Metro is like, and everybody has this friend 
or a person that they know, they buy like five tickets, ten tickets to every show, right? Just in so case they're friends. To, just artists in case, need to limit that too. No more yeah, than like four artists tickets need per to, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Just like, be like, and you can limit it in two ways. You Quantity or be like, you have to have your credit card. Which I also and, really like. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and people don't like that because of the the whole like, well, what if I can't get a babysitter? Statistically insignificant occurrences in life. Yes. Right. <laughs> like, right. And, and, and here's, you know, again, there are mechanisms for that. So what's interesting for me is to see, uh, you know, like when I was trying to go to those fish shows at the Greek theater, um, uh, like back in April, there were Ticketmaster platinum tickets, uh, that hadn't sold. Um, for a couple of the nights and those are dynamically priced and because West Coast fans are just like, nah, we're not going to do that. Those tickets just sat there, <laughs> right? Like yeah. West Coast fans are like challenging. So, so we watched, my brother and I watched tickets for a couple of the nights drop from, I don't know, 270 down to like 130, 140, which is pretty close to face value. And what's hilarious is that as this is happening, you can pop over to StubHub or something like that and see the same ticket uh, selling for more now on StubHub before fees, right? Everyone complains about the Ticketmaster fees, but the StubHub yeah. listing usually includes all these other fees. So um, so it's it's now like really, you know, that joke that Mr. Burns line about preying on the wealthy and the stupid, like people are paying more for tickets on StubHub because they don't realize that even Ticketmaster's shitty platinum thing sometimes gives you better deals than you get yeah. from StubHub, right? So it, it's, it's just, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's the over commodification of art. Um, and the, uh, you know, which can bring us around to Spotify, uh, which we've talked a lot about over the years. We try not to talk about it too much. Uh, they just laid off a huge amount of people, but that's mainly in the podcasting thing. It's great. We're not on Spotify as a podcast for two reasons. Um, one, uh, I don't think either of us have a Spotify account, but That's that, great. that was my, that was my ethical thing. I'm like, I just don't feel like paying them, but also I prefer Apple music. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I don't get the, uh, reliance on their algorithm, algorithmically, uh, generated playlists, why people are dependent on them, except that they were just raised that way. Uh, but, uh, also they started. If you have music in your show, which we do, which is fair use, uh, and uh, then they started removing that because they offer hosting for that where you use Spotify songs. Yeah. So in the songs you just heard, what would have happened is we would have put a marker in there uh, for the North American song, right? And if you were a subscriber to Spotify, then you would have heard the song and we could just we would have just played the whole song. If not, you would have heard like a 20 second snippet. And I know there's like sound opinions working around that now. Um, and there, there's a whole lot of, there's, there's a lot of crazy shit in that world that we've talked about before. But to the point of what Spotify is, and I think what people should be considering it in 2023 and going forward, it's just a marketing tool, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like we lost. We, we, I mean, this is, the idea, I don't remember them promising this, but I'm just going to go for the sake of argument that people say they promised this would be better for artists. They lie. Right. Okay? Right. But all the labels 
got in bed with him. Everything got in bed with him, and and we just lost. Mm-hmm. So we can either yell about this for another decade, or we can figure out other ways to sell, actually sell music, and yeah. maximize what these streaming services do for us, which is there's somebody in Japan who follows me who listens to every goddamn thing I put out on Spotify. That should not be, yeah. I mean, as somebody who was born in 1972, that is amazing. Yeah, right. What is even happening right now? <laughs> and and you need to just take that information and be like, okay, okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, Spotify is not going to be it. Um, the idea that bands that are like, that didn't, you know, that were indie bands or underground bands uh, 20 years after can't make a living off Spotify. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Just straight up duh but uh yeah it, it's it's a losing battle uh and 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 rather than engage with them just like let them do like take your music off if you feel bad about it right um, but but really just count this out as a revenue stream um and like that, I, that that's the only thing i can think to do yeah no i, th- I think that's exactly right i think i think the the writing uh, is so on the wall um, <laughs> about this, right? There's just no. You're right. We lost. So, yeah, that's not how. That's not how artists are going to make money anymore. Nope. Nope. And maybe in 20 years there'll be a whole group of artists. Maybe let's just say a label that yeah. none of their shit was ever on Spotify. Yeah. And if you can get on that label, you're also going to thrive. You're also going to complain that you can't get on that label, right? It's 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 <laughs> right. It's it's the music biz. I mean, I I don't. I do wonder how people use uh, uh, streaming. Uh, I know you said you use like a smart playlist. I, I don't Sometimes think I've so. done that for years. Like, yeah. uh, I uh, you know, it it definitely colored how I listen to music this year. We talked about. Well, let's talk about legacy artists now okay. in, in, in 2023, you have bands like pavement, mm-hmm. you have bands like Foo Fighters, you have super legacy artists, Eagles, mm-hmm. the yeah. <laughs> Dan going out. Um, where do you see as the place for these? Are they, well, are they important? I think that, you know, I think they are. And, and this is, uh, I'm thinking of an analysis that I think Ted Gioia did a while back of, of, um, the fact that there's more music than ever being released. And because Mm -hmm. people have access to the entire history of recorded music through any digital streaming platform, their, their bandwidth and their willingness to listen to stuff just because it's new has gone down significantly. Right. So like, yeah. So um, what's happening is that people are gravitating back toward uh, established uh, and well-known artists rather than rather than sort of feeding their curiosity to go find uh, to go find new things. And I, I think, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned to you that 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 uh, the pavement shows in Brooklyn were not was not a very Gen X scene. It was uh, it was uh, it was like a millennial crowd. Um, I was there with a couple of friends who were like Gen X is not in the house. These are. These are people who were probably even too young or not hip to pavement in 2010. Like they're people who missed the last reunion 
uh, which was, you know, which the people seeing pavement in 2010 were all 90s kids, right? Um, uh, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. So I do think they're getting, they're sort of like improbably getting new fans out of this. And to your point, there are new bands that sound like them, right? Like Bully opened for pavement and Bully sound just like pavement. Um, I yes. played, I played the Wednesday record for a friend who was like, ah, oh, pavement is still influencing people. I can see. <laughs> um, yeah. And drive by truckers. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still, you know, I, 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 um, they're, they're going to scan. I imagine, I imagine to like younger artists, they're going to seem like the people who they seem like boomers who, you know, bought a house for $40,000, uh, 40 years ago and life was difficult or life was easier. And, uh, and they sort of, you know, pavement can probably, uh, you know, they can probably book shows whenever they want to and make a lot of money. And it seems, and, and good for them. They're, they're playing more shows in 24. I hope they make tons of money. Uh, I think those artists are gonna, I, you know, you know, the, the thing I don't know, like with someone like the Eagles or, or, you know, those sort of like more super legacy acts is will the, will the streams impact who shows up to see them? Right. And that was the thing I was, right. that I saw with pavement was, was the people showing up here are very different. And in fact, the people who I thought like people in my age range seem to have sort of, they might be a little bit over pavement. Uh, whereas kids in their early thirties were super into it. Well, also, like, do those streams affect how much like younger artists are going to make on Spotify? I imagine so, right? Yeah, the the recent the recent you know under it's under a thousand streams uh, before you get paid. Um, you know, I I just being an old, I, I don't, I just see it as the music industry. Like, it's always out to fuck artists, but but it is incredibly frustrating to see that to see like, you know, the Eagles might take away from hallelujah the hills yeah um but but <laughs> not, here's not a the thing is that, you usually think of yeah. It, it, yeah but here's the thing is that like how many people know about hallelujah the hills right it's it's always that second calculation where i'm like man what do you like how many so how many listeners do you really have like and how, how many people are really spending money um if you uh I think the number back in the day was like a thousand people. Like if you have a thousand fans who just buy everything you do, you can make a good living. I would guess now in 23, it's a good side hustle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah. it's a, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think the legacy acts are important because it keeps people. Well, is it, they're important because if they advocate, for these up and comers, which a lot of them have to do. I don't think the Eagles do, but I think like, I just saw some ridiculous story. Like is like journey and Def leopard and then maybe night ranger. Oh boy. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but basically it's just Summerfest. But, <laughs> but it, you know, I, I, these ridiculous like package tours, but the, the, you can make fun of them all you want, but the reality is, is that those will sell out. Because people love that shit, and who is anybody to like hate on that? Yeah, like are you gonna are you gonna look at Joe Elliott from Def Leppard and be like, you shouldn't do this anymore? People love you too much, right? Right. I know you've like worked really hard because they because 
these bands that get that big ultimately like start the same way every other band does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I don't know. I think the, the, um, maybe, maybe sort of what, what all of, you know, the thread that unites all the things we've talked about is just, uh, how can we, how can we define success differently? Um, yeah, I think I think I think one of the real dangers with the Taylor Swift thing is that that becomes the only uh, recognized model for what it means to be successful. Or uh, Beyonce. Yeah, right. And that's really not it's really not like it's not going to be that way for most people. Uh, and plenty of people who have who have written better music uh, over the last couple of years uh, than Taylor Swift or Beyonce are not getting that kind of recognition. Right. And won't. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a spectacle the way the sphere is yeah. In, yeah. in Las Vegas. See, and that's another thing we haven't talked about, the sphere. Yeah. Like what that means for entertainment. Um, and uh, weirdly, Fish is going to play the sphere. Tickets seem like recent. Is, is there like an $800 tier that I don't know about? It seemed like everything was under 200 um, Which is like what you would expect to, for a Vegas dish. 160 yeah, you know, to 180 Um Regardless of nobody should be paying that much to see fish, but <laughs> you're <laughs> going to be paying for that for yeah. a web stream in 25. But, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but you know, um, you two just did a, a long ass residency there. I uh, had some friends who went to see it and said it was phenomenal. Okay. Um, it, it, it definitely, um, it, it's weirdly one of the grossest, but, maybe most necessary evolutions of that industry that because like, it is gross in my lifetime yeah. in, in, in my lifetime yeah yeah it's just like vegas like oh yeah like it's it's swarmy yeah um but those people that go went to see you too and the people that are gonna go see fish if they go in there with the mindset of i want to have my mind blown they're gonna and they they get what they paid for is that is that so wrong? I mean that that seems like a good energy to be putting out in the universe. Yeah. Um, no. The 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 world is you know m more joy leads to more joy, right? So yeah, the more exactly. people, the more happy people are walking around, uh, the better. Um, it 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 feels a little bit like everyone is making a play to be the only thing that, right? To be like to basically. A singular up. joy provider. Yeah, right. Like, like I'm going to take 80% of your entertainment dollars. Like, that seems to be sort of the that's that's I think what Taylor Swift and Fish have in common. Frankly, is 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 they're just they have fans who want more content all the time, and they're going to keep giving them more content. Mm -hmm. And it's it's rarely going to be free content. <laughs> there's always going to be. <laughs> you know, there's always no, going like, to be free content. Hey, good news, you can rent my three and a half hour long concert movie on my birthday, <laughs> right? Like, oh, you're not going to make that available to us. You're not going to. You're not going. Right? Um, I will. I will credit Fish's YouTube channel. I think they do a great job of uh, providing a lot of uh, a lot of free content that way. But but you know these are these are bands that. Uh, you know, whatever you think of their artistic merits, they have clearly won at capitalism. Um, yeah. And they are, right. they are boy genius again. Yes. The, oh, I mean, the, right. the big, the big story of 2020 is boy genius is, is how you took like, let's just leave like my opinions of any of these songwriters aside, mm -hmm. but like people whose careers were at a point that were not really registrable on the Taylor Swift scale. Yeah. And now like as, as a group, they are. 
Like they can, they, they, I mean, they, what they played Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Is it? Is it? They did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's a, it's a full on, they're like, they're like an arena band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. You know, proof that people don't care what they listen to. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do that, Yo. but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, but, but the sphere and everything, it's just, it becomes all like maximalist and it is kind of sad to see coming out of the pandemic that this happened, but I guess it might've been expected that this would happen. Maybe, maybe we'll see a deflation Yeah, next year. Maybe, maybe people will figure out. Understand me when listeners, when I say this, like, I hope people, all the artists saying it sucks to tour, understand it's okay not to tour. Right. Right. You should be healthy if you're in a band. And if touring is causing you pain um, and severe financial instability. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like that might mean you get a job and you don't like that, but I guarantee you that is going to be better than, you know. These- yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. I did see someone, uh, Oh, Ali Spaltro, Lady Lamb, I think canceled, uh, canceled their tour, um, oh, yeah. for mental, mental health reasons. Just said, you know, this is not, this doesn't feel good. This is, this is really I've, bad. This I've is really seen tough. A lot of that. Yeah. 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 Good for them. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. You know, there is a segment in the audience that feels they're entitled to this shit. You're not. Right. Right. <laughs> this is like, this is just like, this is a gift. These yeah. people bringing joy to you on record. It's a gift, you know, that you got to pay for, but still, and you, you got to pay for shows, but it's still a gift that you could walk out of your house. I could walk down the street, the cactus club. And I think it's like a DJ night, but if yeah. that's, if that's, if that's the vibe that I wanted for joy, it's just right there. Right. 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 It's available. Like it's just everywhere. Yeah. So um that's really all I can think about like looking in twenty twenty four is is that is that everything like it's kinda like we went too far in one direction over just dial it back. Everything yeah. doesn't have to be the biggest band in the world. Doesn't matter if you get reviewed by Pitchfork. <laughs> like yeah. the people that are getting the high ratings are already making money. Right, right. You know, you're already in a decent position. Um, uh, so, like, that's that's not going to make you. Yeah. Um, you know, in merch cuts everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> do that stuff. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, that that's the dark side, I think, of, yeah. of 2023 that, that we just worked through. It's all Taylor's fault. It's not Taylor's fault. <laughs> Well, uh, that, I mean, I think, you, you know, everything, given everything we've said, you might think that, that, uh, we don't have, um, some, some, some version of, uh, of a list here for you, but we actually do have a couple right. of lists. Of right, things. right, right. Uh, well, it's, it, it, I mean, that's the point. That's the point of the show yeah. is like exposing you to stuff and like, we'll talk about what we, the things that bother us. It's kind of therapy, but. Yeah, right. So Kevin, Kevin, you have, you have like a real list and I have like, and I have a list where I set out to, uh, as a challenge to myself to come up with five records that I think people should hear that we also hadn't reviewed and hadn't featured any tracks from. Uh, we're going to get to Kevin's real list in a minute, but, but first I'm going to talk about, 
uh, five records that I think are 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 records that I'm going to continue to listen to uh, into the future. Um, and you know, as I mentioned, that's sort of like my annual process is like now I'm figuring out, okay, well, what do I want to carry forward? You know, past 2023, and I think it's these five records. So here we go. Um, one is the uh, uh, not number one, but one of these records is the Alex Leahy one we just talked about. The answer is always yes. I think that was a really nice um you know when i'm when i'm looking for a certain kind of like young adulthood uh punky poppy kind of thing that's that's that record is going to go uh into into my queue for that um cory hansen's record um is a oh. really fun guitar rock record um, yeah yeah and Some i think problematic we, title we didn't talk or? about it because the title is absolutely fucking reprehensible and <laughs> what's the title come uh, on the, the title is western come um yeah. and there's a chance that that's a reference to like one of the approaches to k2 if you're climbing k2 uh i don't mm. know that that is i think it's just a stupid juvenile yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. but that record is a really good record, and so even even though I don't, <laughs> I have a hard time recommending it to people on the title. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure I'll be spending that uh, going into the future. Um, something I hadn't heard until a couple weeks ago. I think it's only been out for maybe a month or two. Is the Jean Baptiste uh, World Music Radio? Um, and, oh, interesting. And that's so you're a, on the Jean Baptiste. You're, you're on that train. It's a really, it's a really fun listen. It's a really fun listen. It okay. has, it has some, has some really interesting um, moments of like kind of exuberant uh, pop maximalism. And you know, he's, he's got, he's got the chops. He's not, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I'll be, you know, it'll, it'll be curious to check myself on this next year to see if I, if I really did carry that one forward. But, um, and then rounding out uh, my top two, um, I think, uh, the we're going to play a track um off of the record uh madres by sofia cortesis um which was a late year uh, release uh it's gotten a lot of attention i think it's a nice record i'm i'm it's still too fresh for me to really be able to say much more about it um it's about her mom uh having an illness and getting cured and so it's something i can uh kind of relate to um yeah and uh um, we, uh, we're going to hear a song from that in a moment, but before we do that, let me just tee up my final pick, which is, uh, Janelle Monae's Age of Pleasure, which I think is really just, uh, I'm going to give a slow clap on that. You know, it's that <clears throat> another one that we would not, we couldn't have talked about. Yeah. How, how, how do you, how, how do you talk about that record and do it for anything other than like clout? Yeah. Like yeah. the only thing you should say is like, this makes me feel really good. It really does. It really does. And it's been very confusing to me to see, for example, the Caroline Polachek record on some lists, but then not seeing Age of Pleasure on those lists. Because to me, that's, it's a record that's like every bit as good uh, as, as the Polachek one. The show is incredible. Janelle Monet is like a rare talent. And it's just a record that you put on. Like, I know for a fact that I will be listening to that record in, not only next year, but in like five years or 10 years. So, so those are my, those are my top five there. Again, um, Alex Leahy, Corey Hansen, Jean-Baptiste, Janelle Monae, 
and uh, and that's going to tee us up to hear the song um, Estación Esperanza by Sofia Cortezis. This features a little guest spot by Manu Chao. Speaking of things from 2003 having a big influence, uh, you know, and the and the, the 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 name of the song literally, you know, it's 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 from his record, uh, which uh, the title is like Next Station Hope, and I think this is sort of uh, the moment of you know mom being healed from her cancer and uh it's a it's a it's a happy little happy little trippy little tune so here we go That was uh, that was Estación Esperanza from Sofia Cortesis. Uh, Cortesis. She's half Peruvian. She's German. Um, it's a it's a nice record. I think you know. I'm I'm. I'll be I'll be I'll be checking myself to figure out if if next year I I really did carry this one forward too. But right now it feels like a really good record to put on and 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 uh, listen to while you go for a walk in the morning. Next year we should have a segment where we we'll do it mid year. Did we listen to these? Did we actually listen to these going forward? Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, 
yeah, that's a great that's a great start for people to listen to. Yeah, beyond beyond like you know, I think what people should look back at, and one of the reasons we didn't make a list is like we talked about and talked to exactly what we liked. Right. Um, you want to know what we like? Most I, of it's already out there. It's on the show. I, I want to give a shout out to Gabriel Birnbaum with Clandestine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they position themselves to get all the great music to represent all the great music that they are representing. Um, I know they've been slowly building for a couple of years. This year, him and and that team knocked it out of the park. A lot of what you heard on the show, you know, we try not to pay attention too much to PR emails, but the stuff was undeniable. Um, from Brad Allen Williams, uh, mm-hmm. right up to getting like Gus Alabaster to Plume on the show. Um, so uh, that made a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so he's deserves a lot of credit and i know a lot of other people work with him and really he put out an album i'll put that in the show notes too he put out a four track album that he made uh that's it's ambient as fuck it's fucking it's great wow yeah he's just a musician he's like he's like you know that people joke that you shouldn't write about music if you don't play music i'm 65 percent on that train (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um I'm a hundred percent on the train of you should not rep music if you don't make music. If you never if you don't understand what you're repping, yeah. it's the sales job. Yeah. So yeah. uh yeah, so but all but all the stuff we have is is worth checking out. Uh, but I will be checking out your list because the stuff I hadn't heard, the Alex Lady in particular, and like and this last track was it's just like yeah. yeah, damn. Like we we talk well, maybe that's the problem. We talk over text like Every day, often, yeah, a lot, <laughs> multiple <laughs> a times lot. a day, for and, a, and, arguing for and, hours and, at a time. <laughs> and so, has, maybe that form of communication is like, like deteriorated. It just <laughs> maximizes. Like, conflict. Oh, you should just like, <laughs> yeah. How about in January or going forward? It's just going to be like no texts of content, just like an album. Not just bad. speaking albums. Not we'll, bad. we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So I have a list. Uh, these are uh, a little more. I think what I would say is, we had a conversation about best of lists, right? Mm-hmm. Off mic. Mm-hmm. I was glad to see him this year knocked down from a hundred fifty albums to fifty. <laughs> right. But like, what? <clears throat> I feel like most people can like really, really internalize maybe, let's be generous, 20 albums here? Maybe. Is that about right? Maybe. That, that, that yeah. feels, feels yeah. about right? So I don't know what, what these are saying. I mean, 50 is like less egregious, but it still is like, well, this just came out. <laughs> right. Um, but the, but the, the point of these lists and the point of when you pay attention to any music critic journalist or whatever is that you like you feel that your tastes are aligned right Mm -hmm. i don't know that we strive for that on this show right maybe maybe we do maybe 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 people are aligned with us and it's so great uh if you are near milwaukee hit me up and come by we'll just listen to music nothing would make me happier (laughs) (laughs) uh but but also like we're both open to every somebody just walking by and dropping like check this out Mm-hmm. And we'll do it. Yep. 
So an important important component to all that is is willingness. It, yeah, an openness, and uh, so so there is a or a given list, a little side eye that said, you know, I, I make a list for some of my friends, uh, definitely my partner, um, although she knows exactly what's on this list. From just <laughs> Um, but I want to start with uh, an album that is undeniable, uh, which is we mentioned earlier, the Jamie Branch "Fly or Die," "Fly or Die," "Fly or Die." Um, we lost her this year, and uh, that is tragic. Leaves behind, I think, what four albums on international anthem? Yeah, uh, maybe a handful of other stuff. Uh, there is, you know, the album we listened to earlier, Ambrose Kimisari. Mm-hmm. Uh, also trumpet that was her weapon of choice uh two different approaches i think both of them really bring out the human behind that instrument more than i've heard in a brass player uh since sonny stitt yeah yeah <laughs> um, who, who, who remains know, the high watermark for and, and I laughed, but like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like you know, you can Sonny Stick can cover the Beatles, and you can tell he loves the Beatles, right? And the paycheck, right? Um, no, uh, a remarkable account of uh, an album that they were working on when she died, um, but also uh, a testament to that nothing is done by yourself. The bandmates and her sister. Her sister, who wasn't playing on this album, knew how to finish this thing. Right, right. So you owe it to yourself to go out and get that. Um, it's an impossible review album. Um, if you experienced her music, or you know, if you knew her, like when we interviewed Gus, he looked like he was going to cry, which made us look like we were going to cry. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it just, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's. Ten years from now, people are going to look back on her on this catalog and be like, "This was one of the greatest players in jazz history." Period. So, goes without saying. Uh, along those lines, Lonnie Holly, oh mm-hmm. me, oh my. Mm-hmm. There is, the, there's a thing that music can do. It, you can either. For every Alex Leahy, you can have stuff that delivers an important message. I mean, they're both important, but important in different ways uh, that are almost like a lecture set to music. And a lot of people try it and ascribe like self-importance. And look, as much as I love this record, uh, and I do love Roger Waters' reinterpretation of The Wall, almost made this list. I love what he did (laughs) because, look, he created that in the first place with his friends, but this is like him... This is an artist looking back at his own art, right? Yeah. And what does it mean to him now? And then the little like shift of what can it mean to the world? What can you do? The end of the day, though, it didn't make the list because it that's all a loop of self-involvement. Uh, Lonnie Holly's Oh Me, Oh My is not. It is a uh, a harrowing document of just like how to be a human it's under the worst circumstances yeah that record is playing on a different level you know it's the kind of thing where you're sort of like um you know you're trying to figure out like i don't know uh i remember reading a quote about uh it had to do with like 
how to how to categorize and give awards for like prestige tv and and i think someone was like you know having like ted lasso and like severance in the same category is like <laughs> is like impossible right like they're just they're just too different yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah um and and that's kind of uh the way i think about the lonnie holly record i mean that's probably going to end up on short lists of like you know most important records of like the decade or century you know it's it's yeah. really yeah easily both of them myth before that yeah, yeah but true, his true. work is just uh we we didn't get him on the show this season because it is kind of intimidating uh i think we should plan on getting him on the show next season i yeah. think he'll be a little less busy so i think he'll be open to it yeah that'd be great. um yeah uh, the important thing um and again like look this this took the place of like gus's album um like i prefer a lot of gus's albums or a couple of albums to the new one but like what the work that gus is doing is very similar to what lonnie is doing um and equally important mm-hmm. um and it's and in that sense like both of them are outside what we talked about for probably too long the commodification of all this yeah um and they've perfected what a lot of people we know are trying to do like in DIY space or you want to have a meeting and stuff like they've perfected how to do it. Like it does, it does require interacting with the system at some point, but right. You can, you can win. And both of them have artistically at least. You know, uh, the other thing about that record that's so, I mean, as you said, like it's, it's a record about how to, how to survive something unimaginable right mm-hmm. um it's really like a triumph like it's such a human record you know you just hear such a like yeah. um it's rare that a piece of art can feel so alive and so completely realized or something and i just I, you know it's just yeah oh me oh my just knocks it out of the park yeah yeah you'll only listen to it like twice a year it's fine. it's a it's a drain it's a draining listen it's a really draining listen um yeah um moving on from that uh i'm gonna go to i don't uh, i obviously i don't think this is of the universal importance uh but jason hawk harris's thin places yeah i think uh i didn't say this when we talked to him or anytime we've talked about this when I was just graduating college, I lost my aunt to uh, cancer. She was young. Uh, it destroyed my mom, and that has like had consequences in our family. Uh, they hadn't talked for five years before she told her she wow. had cancer. Uh, so there was already grief, and then grief compounding upon grief, and it, it just uh, and it unlocked a lot of that and the places he goes on that exploring his own grief over his mother. And, and I think what it, it it gets out into is just a lot of pain of existence Mm. that we didn't ask him about, but it's just, that it is just inherent in existence. And, uh, I haven't heard a lot of songwriters do that. Not, I'm not saying this is like novel territory at all, but, but I think what, what he achieved with that was basically leaning into he was very sure of what he felt 
and very sure in his talent. And when you put those two things together, you get something that people are are very sure they're going to love. Yeah, I sort of imagine, the way I think about that record is I sort of imagine him, uh, you know, sort of in this in this imaginary room where like all the songs are there with him he's sort of scanning them over and he's like yeah we got we got what we came for you know we we yeah. we captured we captured what we wanted to uh about about this this station this crazy you know uh time when you're you know when you feel like you're really losing your grip uh on on reality and on yourself and to have capture that the way he does and to really make something of it you know it's not just the record's not just sort of a howl into the abyss it's really uh it's really about chronicling that the progression that you go through um that allows you to sort of move on and live to see another day week month year well and think about how much loss people have experienced in the past four years yeah and there's uh, on Twitter. There's obviously a lot of people who think it's a crime that this isn't on every list. I, I think it is a crime. I think I think I haven't heard if there's one out there. Somebody put it in front of me. I haven't heard anything speak to grief and specifically like kind of like accidentally address all the grief that everybody else is having. Yeah. Uh, you know the Lily song that was happening for people over zoom yeah right <laughs> right right and and i don't even think i don't know if he was thinking about that but it sometimes you tap into something and you get it yeah yeah no they got it yeah uh you got it here i'm gonna take a little turn uh, uh this is indulgent the girls in airports album Bess. yes dude it's so good it's so good it's 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 just it it uh, there was a uh, another band that was out at the same time very similar thing mammal hands not doing it yes. for me. <laughs> but, so but, funny. but girls in airports something about them you go back to their catalog they're great they're very much like cassiopeia you know in right, in, right. in in their reputation <laughs> but this is just a a, um, a masterpiece of like modern ambient work that shows what you can do when you, it, it almost feels like they're jamming at times. Yeah. It does a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a good one. I mean, we, when we talked about it, we were like, there's drums and space in it. And there literally is right in the middle of the album. It's <laughs> drums and space. It's right. like, wow. You're just playing to these like deadheads, like crazy. Yeah. And you might not even have any context. Uh, and then the the final one, which is just my this is personally my favorite album of the year, Black Classical Music Use of Days. Uh I, I don't out of all the albums that came out this year, this defines this seemed to take the most from the past five to ten years and learn from it. As far as black music goes, as far as black culture goes. Mm -hmm. And it also does not engage with the hyper commodification of anything uh it doesn't explore american pop trends it doesn't explore even american jazz trends i mean they're in there uh but they uh they don't 
it, it, it just feels like something insanely unique and it's confusing sometimes as to how it even happened. He just released a live album where they just set up in the uh, hills of Malibu. Oh, wow. And played a show. Wow. Like it's on streaming. It's just like, but, but wow. I want to play a little track from that for people who, who might have missed it the first time because we didn't review the album. Right, right. And part of it, it's a massive album, uh, but it was an instant buy. I had a friend recently who I'd recommended two, three months ago. He's like, dude, I just found this. So people are finding it. Mm-hmm. Like he forgot that I gave it to him. But yeah, uh, yeah. this is the, the, yeah, this is just fucking, just check this out. song is black classical music uh the title track is the first song on the album uh absolutely stunning work from everybody involved you can go back to a couple episodes ago where we talked about it put some notes in the show notes but uh i think you can see how that uh you remember when kamasi washington had a big like year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when we talked to miles mosley yeah, yeah. like all that stuff all that stuff seemed to take a break and then here comes yusuf just yeah, you know well, what? And this is this is different from that because, it, uh, to me at least, because it's so you know when I listen to this, I'm I'm you you keep having this moment of like, what am I? What is this music? What am I listening? Right? Like, what am yeah. I? Um, and and it's also the case where like, I actually think the album title is probably the best description of what the music is. 
Uh, yeah. You know, after you sort of try all these labels and they don't quite fit, suddenly you think, oh, wait, I guess it's just black classical music. I guess that's really what it is. Well, if you if you say the term diaspora to a lot of people, they just don't have any understanding of what that is. Right. right. Um, so so let's put it in other terms like. Like people from parts of the world uh, have cultures. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. American culture is not great. It'll it allows for everything, but it doesn't ever zero in on one thing. Mm-hmm. And what, unless capitalism is that one thing, and what black classical music proposes is that black culture is the modern renaissance, the modern classical music. And uh, this is like exhibit A, B, and C that that is the case. And I think it proves the case. Uh, I, I mean... I can't think of a more soulful release that I heard this year. Yeah. I can't think of a more intricate release than I heard this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I know you're not supposed to like comp bands, but like, I just watched the thing on King Crimson, the documentary on King Crimson, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be the guy who says, I don't think Fripp can play guitar, but I think he convinced a bunch of white people that he could play guitar because mm-hmm. they, they are absolutely incurious about this. Mm. Uh, you know, in fact, I had a friend who said, "Yeah, him and Adrian Blue uh, invented polyrhythms in 1981." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's that, and and that's American culture, I think, in a nutshell. And then this is is sort of a bucking of that. And um, I, I don't, I want more albums like this to exist in 24. I want more people look. And this look, this was obviously a massive creative and financial endeavor. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't DIY this, <laughs> right? Right. At the same time, everybody on this can play the fuck out of their instruments. Yeah. So it, it really so does. You just show up. I mean, it really does check all of the boxes, right? I mean, it's because uh, it's also one of those records that's like, you know, it it manages to be both smart and to sound really fun and and you know inviting uh in a way that mm-hmm. smart things sometimes are not um it 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 has there's like you know the moments on it that are sort of joyous are joyous there's like a, it, it's just it's just a really uh yeah it's a workshop i think it's just perfect yeah it's it's beautiful it's 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 beautiful so, so this i think we can agree we will be listening to yes yes like this yeah, is another not... one that I think I think you know maybe people it'll be it, in a few years this record I think will finally get to do it uh, uh, the credit it deserves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's that's really uh, all we got to say. You got any last words? Man, I don't. I think uh, I'm kind of happy 2023. You know what? I don't. I don't have. I'm not mad at 2023. I had a really. I had a really great year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to, it's going to be another year where I make it out to Milwaukee. Uh, that helps make a good year. Um, I saw some great live shows this year. I want, you know, I, I, I basically, if someone offered me a 2024, that was pretty much like my 2023, I would take it. Uh, I would just hope that there could be maybe a little bit less Taylor Swift and a little bit more good new music. And that's, uh, that's all I want out of my 2024. 
I, I, I went mostly the same and echo the sentiment. You coming out to Milwaukee definitely makes it better. You'll be here in, you'll be here this time next week. A few short days. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, I would like to see, there's a lot of Milwaukee bands trying to make it right now. And as much as I want to see them make it, I want to see Milwaukee venues open themselves up to be like, Hey, these guys are really trying. Let's give them a gig. Yeah. So I can go out and see like Diet Light or Lady Bird or Long Mama like three to four times a month. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I want that and I want that for every town. I want that for every city. And I want people to stop trying to be like, I just started a band last year and I wanna be on Interscope. <laughs> you know. And just fucking enjoy making music and having people come out and yeah. see you making yeah. music. And uh, you're gonna run into people like us, and we're not gonna we're not gonna bankroll you, right? We are we are we are gonna tell you you're great, which I think is is probably a lot of times uh, at least it's worth as much as a paycheck. But that's what I want, anyways. Uh, that is 2023. Uh, we're going to take a long break now. And, uh, as we mentioned, you'll be in Milwaukee. Then we're going to probably end of January. Yeah. Something like that. We'll let, we'll give, we'll give 2024 a chance to, to show us a few things before we decide what we're going to talk about. I forget. Ooh, last thing. Yeah. (laughs) Last thing. Last thing. Uh, the, uh, Ambrose, a commissary album. He's got a new one out in twelve fifteen with Bill Frizzell. So, so that meant that nobody releases good albums in, in December. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. It comes yeah. out on Friday. We'll, oh, we'll awesome. but we'll listen to it together. We'll check it out. Yeah. Can't wait. Yes. Can't wait. Awesome. All right. See you guys in about two months.